Act Three of The Law Against Lovers by William Davenant. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act Three, Scene One. Enter Isabella, Angelo. I am come to know your pleasure. That you might know it would much better please me than to demand what tis. Your brother cannot live. Even so. Heaven keep your excellence. Stay a little. For he perhaps may live a while. Nay, and as long as you or I, since none can know their own appointed ends. Yet he must die. Under your sentence? Yes. When, I beseech you, that in his reprieve, longer or shorter, he may be so fitted that his soul may not suffer with his body. He had a filthy vice. It were as good to pardon him that has from nature stolen a man already made, as to permit their saucy sweetness, who heaven's image coin and stamps which are forbid. That is set down in heaven, but not on earth. How? Say you so? Then I shall quickly pose you. Which had you rather, that the most just law should take your brother's life, or— to redeem him, give up your precious self to such a blemish as she permitted whom he stained. I'll rather give my body than my soul. I talk not of your soul. Our compelled sins do more for number stand than for account. How say you, sir? Nay, I'll not warrant that, for I can speak against the thing I say. Answer to this. I, now the voice of the recorded law, pronounce a sentence on your brother's life. Might there not be a charity in sin to save this brother's life? Please you to do't. I'll take it as a peril to my soul. It is no sin at all but charity. You doing it at peril of your soul make equal poise of sin and charity. That I do beg his life. If it be sin, heaven let me bear it. If it be sin for you to grant my suit, I'll make it still my prayer to have it added to the faults of mine, and not to your account. Nay, but hear me. Your sense pursues not mine. Sure you are ignorant, or seem so craftily, and that's not good. Let me be ignorant, and in nothing good, but graciously to know I am no better. Thus wisdom wishes to appear most bright when it does tax itself, as a black mask often proclaims a covered beauty more than beauty does itself when openly displayed. But mark me, Isabel, or if I may more plainly be received, I'll speak more home. Your brother is to die. So. And his offence is such, as it appears, accountant to the law. True. Admit no other way could save his life, as I subscribe not that nor any other unless by way of question, but that you, finding yourself desired of such a man, whose credit with the judge could free your brother, must either yield the treasures of your youth or else must let him die. What would you do? As much for my poor brother as for Isabel. The impression of sharp whips I gladly would as rubies wear, and strip myself even for a grave as for a bed, ere I would yield my honour up to shame. Then must your brother die. And twere the cheaper way. Better it were a brother die a while, than a sister by redeeming him should die for ever. Are you then as cruel as that sentence which you have slandered so? Ignoble ransom no proportion bears to pardon freely given, and lawful mercy is not at all akin to foul redemption. You seemed of late to make the law a tyrant, and so your brother's guiltiness excused, as if it rather might be styled a recreation than a vice. Oh, pardon me, my lord. 
Oft it falls out that pleaders speak not what they mean, and hope to get what they would have. I sometimes may excuse the thing I hate for his advantage whom I dearly love. We are all frail. Else let my brother die. Nay, women are frail too. Ay, as the glasses where they see themselves, which are as easily broke as they make forms. Women, help heaven. Pray call us ten times frail, for we are soft as our complexions are, and soon a bad impression take. And from this testimony of your own sex, since I suppose we are not made so strong but that our faults may shake our frames, let me be bold to arrest your words. Be what you are, that is a woman. If you are more, you are none. If you be one, as you are well expressed by all external warrants, show it now. I have no tongue but one. Gentle, my lord, let me entreat you speak the former language. Plainly conceive. I love you. My brother did love Juliet. You tell me he shall die for it. He shall not, Isabel, if you give me love. Your power may your discretion license give, and make you seem much fouler than you are to draw on others. Believe me on mine honour, my words express my purpose. Ha! Huh. Little honour to be much believed. Your purpose is pernicious now discerned. I will proclaim thee, Angelo. Look for it. Sign me a present pardon for my brother, or I will tell the world aloud what man thou art. Who will believe you, Isabel? My unsoiled name, austerity of life, my word against you and my place in the state will so your accusation overweigh that you'll be stifled in your own report. And now I give my sensual race the reins. Yield to my passion, or your brother must not only die, but your unkindness shall draw out his death to lingering pains. To-morrow answer me, or by that love which now does guide me I will be a tyrant to him. Exit. To whom shall I complain? If I tell this, who will believe it? All to my brother straight, that he may know false Angelo's request, and then prepare for his eternal rest. Exit. Enter Benedict and Beatrice several ways. I was told, lady, you would speak with me. I would, and I would not. Then I'll stay, or I will not stay. Tis all one to me. Nay, I know you are but an indifferent man. Yet now, by chance, I rather am inclined that you should stay. And tis a greater chance that our inclinations should so soon meet, for uh, I will stay. Your brother is a proper prince. He rules with a rod in his hand instead of a sceptre, like a country schoolmaster in a church. He keeps a large palace with no attendance, and is fit to have none but boys for his subjects. As ill as he governs, if my design thrive against the fetters of marriage as his does against the liberty of lovers, his rule may last till the end of the world, for there will be no next generation. Would I might trust you, Benedick. Madam, you believe me to have some honour. If you have most secretly invented a new dressing, can you think I'll reveal the fashion before you wear it? Notwithstanding your seeming indisposition to inventions of fashion, yet there be those in Turin who have intercepted packets between you and tailors of Paris. Well, though these are but light correspondents, yet I would trust you in matter of weight. I hope, lady, you have no plot upon me. I'll marry no woman. I did not think you had been so well-natured as to prevent the having any of your breed. Marry you? What should I do with you? Dress you in my old gown, and make you my waiting gentlewoman? A waiting woman with a beard? I shall ne'er endure a husband with a beard. I had rather lie in woollen. 
though you disguise matrimonial pretensions with pretty scorn yet i am glad i have a beard for my own defence and though fashion makes me have much and that you shall believe me a lover of fashions yet mine shall grow to a very bush for my greater security but pray proceed your matter of weight i will trust you not as a man of love but a man of arms at your own peril and more to encourage you i will declare that though i am very loath to come within the narrow compass of a wedding-ring yet i owe every fair lady a good turn but to the business in brief you must renew familiarity with your brother and steal the use of his signet to seal julietta's pardon and her liberty and claudio's too this done they shall practise their escape i'll endeavour mine and you signor may shift for yourself this is but betraying an ill brother for a good purpose i'll do it if i can you shall give me the signet for i'll have all in my own management no though i rob my brother of the signet you shall not rob me of the danger then i'll proceed no further that as you please you would have the honour of the business tis due to my sex fare you well sir yet you may come again an hour hence to receive an ill look well, that will not fright me much for you can look no better than you used to do exit benedick at one door enter viola at another sister i have got verses signor lucio made them he and balthazar are within is lucio become a man of metre that's the next degree upward to the giddy station of a foolish lover they are composed into a song too sing it viola wake all the dead what ho what ho how soundly they sleep whose pillows lie low they might not poor lovers who walk above on decks of the world in storms of love no whisper now nor glance can pass through wickets or through panes of glass for our windows and doors are shut and barred lie close in the church and in the churchyard in every grave make room make room the world's its end and we come we come the state is now love's foe love's foe has seized his arm his quiver and bow has pinioned his wings and fettered his feet because he made way for lovers to meet but oh sad chance his judge grows old hearts cruel grow when blood grows cold no man being young this process would draw o oh, heaven that love should be subject to law lovers go woo the dead the dead lie to in a grave and to bed to bed enter lucio balthazar signor lucio you are grown so desperate as to write verses very little business much love and no money makes up a parcel poet but the verses are not mine whose are they balthazar knows the author not better than you who had them from him pray madame let him tell you excuse me sir i am as chary of getting my friend the ill name of a poet as you are why gentlemen you will not make a secret of telling the hour of the day when your watches are ready to strike pray whose are the verses madame the author's name is benedick is't possible i am glad he lies bare under the lash of the wits there are now no such tormentors in turin as the wits poor benedick they'll have him on the rack ere night why they will draw a strong line to the subtle weakness of a spinner's thread i fear he will be quickly liable to a greater torment than any that the wits can inflict madame we are your vowed servants we cannot choose but tell you all balthazar you made the first discovery you may speak it madam tis not civil to lengthen your expectation he is in love in love that were a sudden change 
and would show more of the moon in him than is in a madwoman. Good Balthazar, with whom? Lucio was ready to die laughing when he found it, and swore then he would tell you. Keep your oath, Lucio. Who is that has caught him? Nay, madame, you now impose upon me. Oh, let me entreat you. Why then, as sure as you can love no lover, he loves you. Oh, this sounds like fiction and design. Good Balthazar, he is but newly gone from hence. Go seek him out and bring him back. Your friendship may prevail with him. It will beget more mirth than belongs to a Morris in the month of May. But I beseech you, no words of our discovery. Exit, Balthazar. Signor, you may trust me. Perhaps, Lucio, you cannot think it strange that I believe you of my party, and fitter for my trust than Balthazar. Oh, no, madame. I have been trusted by young ladies ere now. Are you sure Benedict loves me? He has no fashion of a lover in public. Poor man, he has two contrary extremes of love-madness. He is in company as fantastical as a fencer after his victory in a prize. But in private he will sigh more than an old Dutch pilot that has lost his ship. I shall have rare diversion if his fit holds. It is not good to jest away men's lives. I see you are serious. But will you swear it? If you can endure the coarseness of swearing, I've been unlucky at play in my time, and shall quickly swear like a losing gamester. Stay, sir, you may take up the fool's commodity of belief without engaging of oaths. I know you are a man of excellent temper. Madame, I swear by— I pray, sir, hold. Nay, if you would put me to it. Lucio, you must dissuade him from his love, and I must trust you. I have but one heart, and that is already disposed of. Madame, all lovers compared to Benedict are but lamentable courtiers in old clothes. Truly he was wont to be merry. Ere he felt love, his heart was as sound as any bell, and his tongue was the clapper. For what his heart thought, his tongue would speak. Take heed, you must not lose him. Lucio, my heart is designed to another. Madame, may I be bold to inquire to whom? You know the man. Be he what he will, he must show as ugly as a tall man sitting on a low stool before a chimney, compared to Benedict. You ought not to say so when I name him. Madame, I dare justify my friend. I shall be angry if you compare him to him whom I can name. Suppose it is Signor Lucio. Madame, I confess comparisons are somewhat odious. Oh, are they so? I pray let me advise you not to lessen yourself, though I perceive you cannot choose but make much of your friend. Sits the wind on that side? I must hoist sail with top and top gallant. But are you not tied, sir, by some deep vow to woo for Benedict? I am very tender of men's vows. Will you believe me, madame? Without oaths, I beseech you. He knows as much the matter of this visit as I do the great Turk's particular inclination to red herring. Are you in earnest? Balthazar and I were only over-officious to serve him. Nor he is not in love? No more than a man that goes continually to sea to make discoveries. Then it appears a little strange that you made this hearty address for him. On my honour, madame, it was to get some opportunity to move for myself. And you think him no extraordinary wit? So, so, a modest wit, somewhat out of countenance being laughed at, for then he grows as melancholy as a lodge in a warren. Right, I used to laugh at him, and then there's a partridge wing saved at sight, for the fool will eat no supper. Madame, I see you know him. Signor Lucio, be kind to yourself. 
exit lucio if thou weren't anything but lucio i would hug thee to death some men in collar rail against fortune but i adore her she has made her sale of my mother's smock i would the poets would send us a dozen such goddesses enter balthazar i have been seeking benedict and i am told now he's gone up the back stairs and is in private with the deputy where's the lady beatrice balthazar trouble not yourself for men may often lose their labour how so benedict is not the man she aims at he's very singular and eminent but i confess this angling for ladies is a very subtle sport they are fishes of fantastical palates and will sometimes sooner bite at a worm than at a mayfly she has a full fortune twelve thousand crowns a year he will be safe from creditors that has her enter viola signor lucio my sister would speak with you exit balthazar i must e'en retire from business you see i cannot rest for ladies i prithee put the matter home exeunt several ways enter duke in friar's habit claudio and provost father i thank you i am now of death's small party gainst the crowd who strive for life enter isabella what ho graced well within who's there the wish deserves a welcome dear sir ere long i'll visit you again most reverend sir i thank you my business is a word or two with claudio you are welcome look signor here's your sister provost a word as many as you please bring me where i concealed may hear them speak exeunt duke provost now sister what's the comfort to such as earthly comforts used to be lord angelo having affairs to heaven intends you for his swift ambassador therefore your best appointment make with speed to-morrow you set on is there no remedy yes brother you may live there is a devilish mercy in the judge if you'll implore it that will free your life but fetter you till death perpetual durance tis worse than close restraint and painful too beyond all tortures which afflict the body for tis a rack invented for the mind but of what nature is it tis such as should you give it your consent would leave you stripped of all the wreaths of warm all ornaments my father's valour gained and show you naked to the scornful world acquaint me with my doom if i could fear thee claudio i should weep lest thou a shameful life shouldst entertain and six or seven short winters more respect than a perpetual honour darest thou die the sense of death is most in apprehension and the small beetle when we tread on it in corporal sufferance finds a pang as great as when a giant dies why give you me this shame think you i can a resolution fetch from tenderness if i must die i will welcome darkness as a shining bride there spoke my brother there my father's grave uttered a cheerful voice yes you must die you are too noble to conserve a life by wretched remedies our outward saint does in his gracious looks disguise the devil his filth within being cast he would appear a pond as foul as hell the princely angelo oh he is uglier than the frightful fiend by pencils of our cloistered virgins drawn speak claudio could you think you might on earth be guiltless made by him if i would heaven which never injured us foully offend 
infernal angelo can this be true yes he would clear you from your blackest crimes by making me much blacker than himself this night's the time when he would have me do what i abhor to name or else you must be dead to-morrow thou shalt not do it oh were it but my life i would for your deliverance throw it down most frankly claudio thanks dear isabel be ready claudio for your death to-morrow has he religion in him surely he thinks it is no sin or of the deadly seven he does believe it is the least which is the least if it were damnable he being wise why would he for momentary taste of lust eternally be fed with fire but isabel what says my brother death is a fearful thing and living shame more hateful sure you have studied what it is to die oh sister tis to go we know not whither we lie in the silent darkness and we rot where long our motion is not stopped for though in my graves none walk upright proudly to face the stars yet there we move again when our corruption makes those worms in whom we crawl perhaps the spirit which is the future life dwells salamander-like unharmed in fire or else with wandering winds is blown about the world but if condemned like those whom our uncertain thoughts imagines howling then the most loath and the most weary life which age or ache want or imprisonment can lay on nature is a paradise to what we fear of death alas alas sweet sister i would live were not the ransom of my life much more than all your honour and virtue too by which you are maintained can ever pay without undoing both prepare yourself your line of life is short i am prepared but sister if your brother you did ever love or if our mother's pity may your pattern be let juliet in your tender bosom dwell who has no blemish if such laws as innocent antiquity allowed were now of force or if religion here in turin did not more subsist by public form than private use you want authority to tax the law let your submission your last virtue be will you be good to juliet i will invite her to my breast and to a cloistered shade where we with mutual grief will mourn in sad remembrance of our loss your promise is now registered in heaven bear her this fatal pledge of our first woes gives her a ring farewell to cloistral kindness both retire where you may ever live above the rage of power and injuries of love exit and the duke steps in vouchsafe a word young sister but one word what is your will i would some satisfaction crave of that in which you likewise may benefit my sorrows father hasten me away i must beseech you to be brief the hand which made you fair has made you good the assault which angelo has to your virtue given chance to my knowledge brings i have o'erheard you and with much astonishment i gaze on the image you have made of angelo how is the noble duke deceived in such a substitute whose wickedness i will proclaim to all the world your accusation he will soon avoid by saying it was but a trial of your virtue made 
therefore i wish you would conceal his horrid purpose till fit time shall serve you at the duke's return do you conceive my counsel good father i am obliged to follow it where lodge you virtuous maid the sisterhood of st clair will soon inform you i lodge in the apartment for probation there i'll attend you daughter grace preserve you exeunt several ways enter benedick and beatrice at several doors and viola with her oh sir you are a very princely lover you cannot woo but by ambassadors and may chance to marry by proxy your wit flows so fast that i'll not stem the tide i'll cast anchor and consult in your cabin how to avoid danger the rocks are very near us how now afraid of the deputy's ghost ere he be dead my sister shall lead you through the dark there is the pardon signed for juliet and for claudio too i thank you benedick give it me you are as nimble as a squirrel but the nuts are not so soon cracked unless i have it i'll take back my thanks if it be possible to fix quicksilver stay but a little what would you say Aeschylus is in the plot and was brought to it with more fears than a furred alderman to an insurrection of prentices signor Aeschylus, could his gravity venture to change his gold chain for a halter i was fain to pretend hourly correspondence with the absent duke which gained me his respect i assured him of promotion and then he grew willing to betray his friend and fellow-statesman my brother for men of that tribe are very loving but especially to themselves he surprised the signet and counterfeited the hand give it me i long to be about it a little patience you would make yourself ready without your glass oh, these male conspirators are so tedious i must convey it to the provost and engage his secrecy make haste you must not stay so long as to be civil to him at parting my coach attends me at the gate oh i forgot your two confederates have been here and brought verses from you verses and from me yes and they wooed for you but lucio was soon persuaded to speak for himself he says you are a mere country wit i'll dip him in this plot till he grows solemn with business if it were fit to be malicious that caitiff lucio should have his coxcomb cut off for foolish treason exeunt several ways enter Aeschylus meeting benedick my lord the warrant for the pardon have you it why ask you sir still wear it in your hand and watch it there i keep it between my finger and my thumb as close as a catched flea are you afraid it will skip from me the matter is of dreadful consequence fear nothing sir the world would still run swiftly round but for you state cripples who make it halt with your politic steps of too much caution if your brother the deputy circumvent me you'll secure me by the duke you shall add a lease of my life to your own be resolute i am in haste exeunt several ways enter jailer julietta viola knocking within cousin juliet are you here jailer opens the door enter viola this fellow looks like a man boiled in pump water is he married are you not frighted with this dismal place how does your sister speak does she not blush when she remembers me i bring you good news cousin i would not meet that man in the dark does he dwell here to lock up children who are imprisoned for crying 
tell me your happy news dear viola nay i can tell you none yet tis very good you shall hear them all to-morrow to-morrow is the last in my short calendar i have heard more than i can speak you shall come forth and lie with me and dream all night of new dressings and dance all day would i had ne'er outlived this innocence do your judges dwell here were i that man i would walk in the dark and write them that man does do you hurt let us retire had i been withered at her beauty's spring and stayed from growing at her growth of mind i had not known the cruel nor the kind those who outlive her years do but improve the knowledge of those griefs which grow with love exeunt end of act three